0: Hello, my name is Federico Toledo, and welcome to the Quality Sense Podcast, where you will have the chance to improve your sense for quality by listening to some leaders who are amazing at what they do in the software industry. In each show, I'll have a one-on-one chat with them discussing specific topics related to software testing and quality. In today's episode, I'll be interviewing Oren Rubin, he has over 20 years of experience in the software industry building products for developers. Nowadays he is the founder and the CEO of test Team, a leading innovative product in the test automation domain. I remember a meeting I had with Oren some months ago. We planned for half an hour and we ended up talking for almost two hours. I think we both get passionate about testing topics and test automation and the same happened in this interview <laughs> This is why I decided to divide it in two episodes For starters, in this one, you will hear us discuss about test automation challenges about different test automation tools, highlighting the main differences between them including Selenium, Cypress, Puppeteer and so on in the second part, we will talk about how AI helps test automation, the differences between scriptless testing tools and visual editors, and some other stuff. I hope you enjoy it. Have fun. Hello, Oren. Nice to talk with you again. How are you doing? Uh, uh, doing great, doing great. Besides, last night I didn't sleep a lot,
1: but besides cool. that, all is well.
0: I can imagine that it's uh, hard to be in this situation with a baby,
1: <laughs> right? Indeed, yes. Um, there's a, we have a baby. My wife is going back to work, and it's all all in one place. And uh, but a baby that's uh, she's just a newborn. She's very super small, um, and uh, and still cries at night, especially when they do construction outside the building. <laughs> So yes, let's just say I didn't sleep, uh, sleep too much, uh, but now after a glass of coffee, so much better now.
0: Excellent. You know, I, I always tell how I met you, because for me it's a very interesting story, because I, I was in a meetup uh, here in, in San Francisco, and Angie Jones came to me with you, and she said, Hey, you you should meet Oren. (laughs) For me, that was a, 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 this is an amazing story about how I met you. And then we started to discuss and and to share a lot of things related to test automation and and looking for ways to collaborate. I really love this about the Bay Area. And you know what? That reminds me uh, to my country, my little country. Because something that we typically say is that we are a small country with only 3 million people in Uruguay. And we we say that we know each other, or at least we have a common friend, you know? And I have the same, a similar feeling here in the Bay Area, right? It's like, uh, you typically know someone that knows uh, someone you just met.
1: Indeed, indeed. It's a great community here, and, and, and I love that. Like, like what Angie did, and she's like, okay, you guys have to meet. You have to meet. Come on.
0: <laughs> <to do so. laughs> exactly. Well, uh, here uh, we are. And I wanted to discuss with you again about uh, topics related to test automation, because I, I know you have been researching and working and developing tools for, for that, right?
1: Mm-hmm. For a long time. <laughs> for a
0: long time, <laughs> right. Uh, so my first question to start discussing from your pers- perspective, uh, which are the the biggest challenges in test automation nowadays?
1: I think I think that today there's still some basic challenges that exist for a long time, but actually became more acoustic, uh in the last in the last few years. One of them is the the flakiness of tests. People have in their mind uh, that test automation is brittle, that it breaks, that they can't trust it. This is one of the biggest. Uh, uh, challenges, the more. Like, uh, I think there's a lot. This is one of them that I'm focusing in the last few years uh, because I've seen it. I've, I've seen it myself uh, with my own uh, with my own eyes and hands, as they say. Uh, but I think this is still a big challenge and, fi- and, and it gave it becoming more acutic as, as the shift left and being, as companies become more agile and it's becoming more acutic. People have to do more and more testing because they want to release faster. But so it's becoming, everything that's flaky, it's now if you run a hundred times more, then you see a hundred times more flakiness. Uh, So it's becoming very bad.
0: Yeah, because we we want to test, to, to run the test every day or after every build or after every change we make to the code, and if the tests are flaky, for sure, they are not going to be as useful as we need them, right?
1: Yeah, I, I think you, you have to trust your test. I think it's yeah. something it's something basic that you need to know that you can trust your tests when they fail, that it's not the test, the problem in the test, it's the problem with, with the application. That's what the tests are
0: for, they're a safety net. But you
1: have to trust your safety net.
0: Totally. Yeah. For me, one of the things that is getting harder is to define the set of tools or the frameworks that we are going to use. As I see, it, there is a fragmentation in the market, right? Uh, there are many, many tools, many options. What make it, makes it harder to, to decide which one to use? This is one of the questions we are frequently asked in abstracta every time we start a, a project with a, a new customer. And I know that you know the market, because, as you say, you were developing tools for test automation. You you have been working on that for for many years. So, my que- my question for you is: What are the main options we have today, and what are the main advantages of each of them?
1: I, I think that we need to first um, maybe do some differentiation uh, and and clarification about when you talk, when someone says a testing framework, because because it's a little bit over, over overloaded with different uh, meanings. Some people call a testing framework, which is um, actually, I'll, I call it infrastructure. What is the, the infrastructure that I use to perform a click? Uh, those can be uh, the Selenium, there's, there's a, a Cypress, there's Papati, or there's now Playground. This is, this is the basic infrastructure that knows how to, when you say click this, or click that, or drag and drop, all the user interface, you want to use some uh, something very uh, low level that knows how to perform that, and, and I may, and I'll, I'll get to more details in a second. But there's, I think there's there's above it when you whether you want to use something <coughs> a layer on top of that. Some people use it their own. Uh, I'm guessing the audience probably knows that. For example, the page object design pattern, the, the screenplay pattern. Uh, there's there's different patterns euro or even frameworks that work above that testing for example is, is above that we don't implement the actual click we use one of those infrastructures so this is this is even there you can see big difference uh between uh 10 years ago you only had uh um you had the the, the hp the mercury you had the selenium and you had sahi um those were the 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 infrastructure um, that new perform how to click. I think today's it's different. Uh, Selenium, uh, I'm guessing everyone knows Selenium. It's literally W3 standard. That's that's the biggest advantage. That means everyone supports it. That means if you need a cloud provider, execution environment uh, to get a browser in the cloud, everyone supports Selenium because it's the defa- de standard. It's de facto standard and also literally uh, the standout, but the way it works and 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 the adoption of Selenium or improvement over there, obviously is a bit slower. Uh, and then came, um, then came there's which I'll explain. It actually started not as not as a test automation uh, infrastructure too much. It, it was it started as internal. Uh, Google said that they needed something to. An, a, a, an API framework for their own uh, internal development against uh, Chrome, or more, to be more accurate, uh, Chromium. Um, and uh, and they started doing Papatir and that, that was, they improved it in a way that it doesn't connect through a grid and through a lot of uh, middle, mani- in the middle through, through more things. It connects directly to the browser and it talks to the browser and the browser can talk back to Papatir. This is what's it's called a uh, 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 bidirectional uh, channel. You can ask Papatir, you can ask the browser, say, tell me when someone adds this. Say, tell me when there's a console log. Tell me when the, the network is idle. Um, uh, those kind of things, they, they, the tight connection to the browser made it even more, more resilient. Uh, than actually Selenium. And of course they added so many things like you can check performance, memory, and anything you can with the DevTools, uh, uh, you can do with Papatir. Uh, but basically because it is the DevTools, they say they use, the tape, they use the same API, it's called the uh, Chrome Debugging Protocol, and they connect through the same thing, uh, and uh, like the DevTools and everything you have there, it's, it's available through, through Papatir. And everyone keeps asking me lately on on, on, on Playwright, which is the, the new uh, player in, in, in the infrastructure level, which basically, I'll explain what happened. As, as Google was working on that for the last two and a half years on Puppeteer, uh, Microsoft decided that they want to have their own browser, which is based on Chromium as well. Chromium is the, the open source part that both uh, Chrome and now Edge is, is based on. So they got, actually, most of the team moved. Actually, the, the, uh, the team that worked dev DevTools and, and Papatir, they moved to Microsoft, they started working, and they forked Papatir and, uh, and started adding more, continued working very fast and adding more improvement. For example, um, added Safari support. So for in, in Papatir was only Chrome and then Firefox. Uh, so when they forked Papatir play, and the PlayRa team, they added, the first thing they added was, um, was Safari. And you're adding more capabilities on running in parallel. Um, so, um, I'm sure if you know, but if, I'm guessing the audience knows that working, moving between, um, between tabs, for example, on iframes, that's, in, in Selenium, you have to do it yourself. You have to oh, every time, move to one thing and then move to another. Um, in Puppeteer, you just have the notion of, of a page, a tab. And then you can have two tabs, two references. You can call each one. You don't. They do all the handling themselves behind the scenes. So they made it more, much more easier uh, to work like that. And and playwright even improved that even more. And they're working uh, more on making that. And because they're very close and very integrated with the browsers, simple operations like click and code injection. Those are the things that are, I think, they're they're ideal. This is, I would say, the the best level that you can have when when you're talking about automating the browser. Uh, I guess that
0: because of this integration is uh, more efficient the way it's uh, solved in this infrastructure. It is more, it's a lot more. By the way, there are cases where, where it's actually less. It's
1: rare, but when you think about it, it performs a click. How do you perform a click? It's a mouse down, mouse up. So it depends on where, where, is it, uh, where do you run your test, your Papati or Playwright test. If it's in the same, the same machine as the browser, then putting mouse down and mouse up, it's, it's, very, it's local, it's going to be super fast. But if it's on a different machine, then if you, you will go roundabout and say, hey, click this, uh, mouse down here, and mouse down there. And these will be two roundabouts. By the way, this is when, when you talk about Selenium, when you think about it, Every time you click with Selenium, you, you, even the operation, if you look at their API, find an element and then click. You have find an element, it goes to all the way to the browser that could be running on some cloud. You find it and then you do a click. So even that, you'll see that uh, they try to improve. Play up a and the API says, click and give me a selector. I don't want to go finding
0: an element. They try to uh, make it less uh, those uh, round-trips. Your You make me think that you need to understand how the tools work in order to define the best way to run your tests, right? Because, mm-hmm. it, it, as as you say, I, I would prefer to run the tests in the same machine where the, the browser is running. Well, it, this is not okay. always the case, because maybe you want to test in different browsers and you use a service like... The key providers, yes. Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm guessing that they will, by the way, very fast that they'll start uh, supporting puppeteer and playwright. Right now, they don't. So that's the advantage of Selenium that it's a standard and everyone supports that. But will coming, my guess is that we'll see much more uh, coming up soon support for those called, uh, puppeteer and playwrights.
0: I'd like to make a short pause to thank Abstracta for sponsoring this podcast. Abstracta is a company fully dedicated to software testing that can work with you to push the quality of your product and processes to the next level. And there's also,
1: and there's there's another in the last few years that actually people, I see people use more, which is Cypress. Um, Cypress is also uh, among things they do, the infrastructure. which I think, which they started from scratch, they're more similar to Selenium 1. Um, not sure if the guardians know, but there's a Selenium 2 What the big difference was that they moved away from performing a click uh, from uh, a JavaScript based injecting into the page, a JavaScript that sends an event a click on, on, an, on an element to working outside of the browser uh, just like Puppeteer, and, and both Puppeteer and Playwright and Selenium, they work, at Selenium too, they work outside of the browser. This is why you have, when you have a Chrome, with Selenium, you have something called ChromeDriver.exe. Why do you have that? What it does, it converts the, the, the click operation into literally a click from the outside. ChromeDriver.exe connects to the Chrome Debugging Protocol and tell it to do a click. Papatir connects directly. That's why you don't need the Chrome Driver anymore. The Papatir connects directly to the uh, the CDP, the Chrome uh, uh, debugging protocol, and tells it to perform that that, that click, that mouse down, the mouse up. And then in, in Cypress, they they went they started with the approach of Selenium One, which is let's inject JavaScript to the page and perform those clicks. And you have uh, uh, there's a lot of drawbacks of of using that approach. whoever uses Selenium, one knows, for example if in JavaScript when you inject JavaScript, you can't perform hover operations. you can't move the mouse it's It's called um, uh, trusted events only from outside the browser users or the debugging protocol can move the mouse. Nobody else can do it in JavaScript it will never be supported so in in for example in Cypress, there isn't hover support and <clears throat> in the near future it doesn 't seem like Unless they rethink the entire architecture, they don't have. Uh, they don't. They won't have things like uh, like uh, like mouse move and hover. So they 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 kind of go back to, to Selenium one in the infrastructure, um, but of course they added things on top, which is more um, failure analysis. But infrastructure, there there is um, they lack things like trusted events uh, like those. There's other things. Uh, if, if Puppeteer improved the way tabs and frames work, and Puppeteer, and of course, a playwright, uh, Cypress, when they went back, because they did, they still they can't support that. So that means that uh, Selenium support that in, a, in not in the best way. Play puppeteer and Playwright support that in an excellent way. Cypress doesn't support this at all. You can't have one t- support multi-tabs. You can't have that right now. Uh, You can the frames one inside another, if it's not the same domain or subdomains, you can can just, it's not supported.
0: You're mentioning something that is key in order to decide which tool or which infrastructure you're going to use, because we need to understand which type of event or things we want to simulate or, or to run in our tests in order to understand which tool or which infrastructure allow us to do that in, in, in our environment, right?
1: Yeah, by the way, I'll, I'll, I can share with the audience, we did like a lot of uh, uh, very drill down with all the examples and all the, all the different things. I'll share a link that explains uh, all, everything, every detail um, because we use those infrastructure underneath the hood, so we know them very intimately. Uh, so we know we so we made a list uh, of all the different things that to so you can make sure you can see how do you want to decide uh, and you can just say this is cost partners are is important to me this is important to me. this is and then you'll see also all the, the listing about uh, uh, what platform is uh, uh, well, I, what infrastructure is good for you um,
0: and uh, and which one isn't excellent I will include the link in the description of the of this episode.
1: Yeah, because it's very it's very important. If someone wants to do IE uh, IE eleven right now, they can't use Cypress, they can't use Puppeteer, they can't use Playwright. So it's important to know very basic thing: Do you need this? Is this a must? Must is how important it is for you? And then you you need to decide on your uh, your infrastructure. Excellent. And again, this is all the discussion that we had right now was just on the infrastructure level, and and there's more above that, which is. How do you see the reports? How do, you, uh, how do you do failure analysis? Do you get the screenshots? Uh, do you get the logs? Do you get the hard file, the network request? What do you get above when, when a test fails? And I think there's even more layer even above that. If you look at that, you stack that at different layers, I think that there's one more layer above is when I look at the hundred failures, if I look at it, uh, sometimes not one test fails. So Let's just say hundred tests failed. You want to know, uh, do I really need to, to go over 100 test runs? Or maybe they can tell me, okay, there's tests, 10 tests fail, uh, fail for some reason, 90 fail for another reason. So you have two issues. It's 100 failures, but it's two issues that you have. You only have to need to debug uh,
0: two tests, and it's two different issues. So it's kind of applying software engineering practices like uh, modularization and encapsulation. To your test design, in order to be more efficient when you analyze the results and the data.
1: Yeah, I think I think this is one of the one of the mo- the most important thing in when you talk about when you talk about testing. Testing, just like other thing, everything in software, it requires architecture, and uh, and. And this is this is the things that people learn. There's there's the basic, which is how to use an infrastructure, but people are usually a lot, they're focused on how do I click and how do I perform that. But the bigger picture, I think that's what's super important. How do you how do you do the architecture of your your test suite? And how do what do you test and how do you test and how do you reuse software is all about reuse. That's the most important thing. The the tooling that helps you with with reuse, and that should suggest to you how to reuse, and 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 that that saves you a lot of time.
0: So I, I understand that you are working in in the, these layers on the top of the infrastructure, adding some support for the reporting and also for suggesting how to apply different good practices, right? Yes,
1: yeah, so I think I think it's very important to have uh, proper tooling, or I wouldn't say like a linter that that helps you understand. Uh, understand the, the, the results better, to so understand. There's there's two things, I think. One is to understand your, your tests. Um, and and the second thing is understanding the results. A test is, you can have one test, but you can have a lot of results, and you can have the correlation between the results. And uh, today, all my tests can fall because of bad infrastructure. I the, the browser didn't open, um, and again, my, tomorrow, all my tests can fail because of, I don't know, some, some, someone changed the login in some way and, and all, the, all my tests fail because of something else.
0: Chances are you want to continue listening to Oren's interview. If that's the case, don't miss the next episode. I hope your sense for quality got better after this conversation. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe to Quality Sense Podcast. Tell your friends, your family, your colleagues or whoever you think can benefit from listening to it. I hope to see you soon. Adios, amigos.